Hello everyone. Hey man, what's up? How are you doing? I'm doing great. What about you? Pretty good, yeah. Pretty good. Uh, I'm Manish and... I'm Satvik. And welcome to Are We Having Fun Yet? This is episode 8. And yeah, I recently started a new job. So I've been busy there. And Satvik and I moved in together. Yeah, not liking it so far. Yeah. Terrible experience. Yeah, we all make mistakes. <laughs> but uh, that's why we have been kind of uh, not putting out more content out there. But hopefully we are all settled now. And we can use more content. So let's, without any further ado, kick it off. Hey, Southwick. So do you want to go first? Yeah. Uh, so do you remember the recent antitrust hearings? Uh, I do. Very vividly. So it was amazing just like watching that entire hearing. What but, do you mean by amazing though? Was it amazing for all of the CEOs or was it amazing for the Congress or was it just good entertainment? It was amazing for me as <laughs> someone who has a strong dislike for monopolies to get CEOs asked about their like them being monopoly on and on and them trying to like defend themselves saying, oh, we are like far from a monopoly. We don't control anything. We are just a small teeny tiny company. <laughs> It was just fun watching them making those arguments. Uh, do you use Facebook? It depends. <laughs> do you use Amazon? <laughs> Everything. It depends. Okay, this is recorded. So like you can't, cannot lie. I'm going to ask you again. Do I'm you saying it depends. <laughs> I'm not denying. I'm saying it depends. I'm going right. to plead the fifth. I'll say. All right. All right. <laughs> okay. So one of the interesting things that came out of that hearing and I kind of read upon it. Uh, so Mark Zuckerberg's emails got released uh, from 2012, back in the days when Facebook was trying to acquire Instagram. Mm -hmm. There is basically a huge chain of emails that is like between Mark and employees and some like business higher rank C-suite business people and everyone. So interesting to read. It's basically so he thought of this idea hey uh this is there's this new company called instagram and they seem to be rising and they can eventually hurt us um they might not overtake us they, but they can hurt us enough to slow down our growth that was like the gist of it and then he kind of persuaded other people in the company to get on board and eventually acquire instagram it was really interesting and just kind of highlighted the one thing I strongly dislike about capitalism. I love money. I love capitalism. I'm not denying that. But this part of horizontal integration where companies just go out and buy startups just because, as Mark said, it is very easy to buy startups. It is. So just as you see a hint of competition, you go out and like buy a company just because you're trying to like future proof yourself against any competition. My God, I dislike that so very much. Yeah. I think this precedent, like, um, you know, CEOs doing this is coming from history because like 10 years ago, um, none of the giants existed or were a giants, you see, and all the giants which existed like AOL, you know, uh, Yahoo and other stuff. Sorry, I'm, I'm not that old, so I wouldn't remember all of them. But yeah, I mean, they did not they don't exist now let me put it that way even if your product is amazing it just it becomes stale after a while this thinking of like just consuming any 
and every startup that even you know tries to imagines to you know come close to you is just it's just part of doing business though i mean i find it bad but like if i was in any of those ceos shoes you know i would have done the same thing not that like i am that capable but sure yeah i would have done the same thing but also then if you are that big you should have enough confidence in your own company to go out no but again that's the precedent from the few, like past yeah, it, that... i totally agree i'm not saying this this is not a new thing they are going much more aggressively after it recently but this is not a new thing going to back to 1900s andrew carnegie rockefeller all those this that was not not tech that was oil and steel all those industries but this horizontal and vertical integration still happened back then so this it was a, really different though yeah yeah there were like no startups and all but they were like still doing the horizontal integration of like acquiring their competitors back then also i'll tell you i'll tell you the main difference there is like rockefeller would had an oil corporation right and had an oil empire so any oil company that would try to hurt him he would buy that out for example right he's still buying the same product yeah correct but what's different right now is that they're not buying the same product they're not buying you know a social texting platform or something like that they are buying stuff that can potentially hurt them by being different Instagram was just a picture sharing application and Facebook did Facebook was just a you know was geared toward everything but not just picture and when like Instagram popped up it became it's still fairly famous right even when that, that indeed Zing. was Mark's defense he defended Facebook by saying that Facebook was not a picture sharing company so by acquiring Instagram they were not directly acquiring a competitor because the exactly. focus area is different but it's all part of that social media sphere like you it, just... it is part of that social media but you are acquiring a different product altogether because that product can become big and hurt us what's been happening if you think about it that instagram just released re- reels right which is like a which is their answer to tiktok right so that is a foreseeable thing that could happen that you can like if they wouldn't have acquired instagram maybe instagram would have had it Uh, other sharing capabilities as well then how different would it be than facebook and then there would be like a clear divide of market between facebook and instagram right yes. i think that's the logic with which they are going behind that and how it's different from like you know other industries in old times because the product is different here correct and coming back to reels point i would much rather have them go like they did right now instead of acquiring tiktok which they easily could have like they have the money i believe so But yeah, according they, to TikTok, they, it's not. A, they went out and made the separate product. It might be a success. It might be a failure. That's completely different. But it's much better than just going out there and acquiring the competition. I think at any at any point they easily will have like millions of users for any product they launch, just because the user base is that huge. Like Facebook is huge. People don't realize how huge Facebook, Amazon, Google, and Microsoft are. Like. if they want to just you know get together and run countries they could uh they have so much money and so much power and so much influence in the world <laughs> just huge <laughs> even th- think about this like in a different topic but like you know com- competitor coming and like disrupting regular market like give it 10 more years facebook becomes the norm of social media right and then a company comes and kicks his ass what happens then 
a similar president in a different industry is automobile you know volkswagen audi ferrari you know all these things well ferrari and all come come under volkswagen like they take most of they have most of the shares but like hyundai kia all these companies right toyota honda they've been doing great over the years but not a lot of innovation tesla comes in kicks off with a new type of car it's it's one of the hardest selling brands right now and elon is one of the most influential people at the current moment you know to live and you know the stock prices of tesla see that's that's what it is and now every other car company that comes in the market you know tries to market themselves as a tesla killer it's just that innovation is bound to happen by acquiring startups they're trying to slow it down <laughs> that's what it is yeah and that was my point yeah i mean yeah from a standpoint of innovation i think it's it's bad because when there's a lot of competition you go innovate great stuff not good for software developers and like your workers health or mental health sure <laughs> but it's just that's how innovation happens man some day someone like you will be fed up from facebook and be like cool i'll create something of my own and hopefully you won't get bought out and just to round this up reels followed a very interesting approach of pretty much poaching tiktok stars or whatever you call them <laughs> um, I, i have no idea i don't use this so i have no idea of the lingo they ba- basically offered people money to basically publish to reels first and publish to tiktok later so influencers i guess yeah tiktok influencers yeah so they were basically <laughs> offering thousands and thousands of dollars just to be like hey publish on our platform 10 minutes earlier i'm not saying that's bad or anything but it was done like behind the curtains like it's not a public strategy that they are marketing out there so obviously they won't market that out there that's basically unethical if you want to put it that way this is not unethical but not great you know just paying money to use your own software no, but you can doesn't look good on the company's name it happens we all know but like we no, try but you can do it the right way like spotify did with michelle obama's podcast right they just bought out the rights yeah like you get I mean, the right sign with yeah. the, like agreement and all instead of they, they could have been like reels they could have just you know asked them to be reels only with a yeah. contract for one year or something like that. that that makes sense that's the business contract but just paying them to be like reels on our platform first and then tiktok later or other platforms later it's kind of shady man i know uh okay moving on from facebook uh go ahead what do you have uh have a completely different thing right uh, have you ever used a 3d printer not by myself i've seen it getting used i've like seen things getting printed out of it but i've not done the prototyping part of it and printed well i mean what's your take on 3d printing and like its capabilities it's really cool uh it's the possibilities are infinite my god like you can do so many things we are just on the cusp of starting out there are so many things that can be yeah. so so what you just said it kind of advocates my next news uh, which is basically in chase republic uh they just built uh, their first 3d printed house wait who check republic the first 3d printed house wait so you are saying they build a whole house 
what they build the components 3d printed and then they assemble the house kind of i mean thing. that's that no so they 3d printed the whole house i mean they did print it in different components and then put it together but everything is 3d printed i see yeah okay makes much more sense then yes the house being just printed i wouldn't i mean that's not really impossible because if you have ever seen a 3d printer you know working yeah. you can easily build the insides of the house in one go it'll be much tough to transport a, yeah but like that's a separate concern right now we are talking about capabilities of a 3d printer uh so i was reading this up and then this this house is called pervok house right pervok home and it's a highly sustainable form of they they're targeting it as like a highly sustainable form of houses right um and the facts that were thrown around were like 39% of all carbon emissions in the world stem from building and construction industries and like 3d printing it you know only generates up to 20% of that 39% so that's something crazy right you just coming up with 20% emission of 20% of current emissions and what's more fascinating is that the building the components only took 22 hours and putting together the whole house only took 2 hours 2 days i'm sorry 2 days you had a house ready in almost 3 days well less than 3 days that's quick yeah and like so the house a couple of things like really stood out one was that the house has solar panels plastered on its exterior uh for electricity and they use heat pumps to transfer harvested energy inside um and even like hot water is freely obtained from like heat pumps fitted outside which is kind of amazing because you're going for that whole total sustainability thing but one of the most exciting thing exciting feature was that owners can crush their own building once they are done with it and use the same material directly to create another house at the same place if they want to that's that's really interesting <laughs> talk about that that's like taking recycling to the next 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 level i mean if i had to explain it to a kid legos are like a perfect analogy you know you build something you get you know you get bored of it just break it and build something else correct expensive lego basically yeah so i think this feat you know three building the first house is like a big feat towards like more sustainable form of living you know lowering carbon emissions and i was just like really really impressed and and the house is beautiful you guys got to check it out go check out the pictures it's it's amazing it's a small one bedroom house but it's it's amazing yeah so let's move on Yeah. What do you have really interesting one here dazzle me uh so there's this school called doorstep school uh mumbai it's mumbai okay it's basically a school on wheels and trying to basically provide education to underprivileged kids especially what do you mean by schools on wheels like the classes are held inside like a bus kind of literally a school on wheels kind gotcha. of gotcha yeah and trying to provide education to underprivileged kids especially uh in the area called dharavi which is like a big slum in mumbai it's one of the biggest slums in the world yeah 
so if you were to like basically walk around Dharabi, uh it's kind of confusing because the roads are like narrow there is no like it's not road street a and street b there is no concept like that they are like very narrow short roads but you walk to this one intersection and then you end up finding a board uh, that says Rehmuddin Sheikh Road and that is not a road that is named by the municipal corporation or like the city itself but basically that road is named by the people in the community and the people working at doorstep school in order to kind of commemorate and shine some light on Ramuddin Sheikh who is basically a great hockey player uh, and now is also basically a coach of the sorry not hockey rugby uh, rugby player and is also a coach of India's women rugby team and basically he came out of that slum and he was like a byproduct of the doorstep school so basically what they are doing is basically they are trying to shine light on the most brilliant and the hardworking students that came out that grew up through that their school and basically naming roads in the slum after them and that is basically ending up inspiring smaller kids to like see that people who just grew up near them they have like roads named after them so now that is basically inspiring them to study and like achieve more and more i mean that makes firstly like the schools on bus let alone is like an amazing amazing idea and like running that in dharavi is also great i think in my opinion i'm also like i'm always pro with these kind of stuff because it provides a good motivation to other people that this can happen i think so in my opinion like one of the biggest problems is like our own mindset that we that we become prisoners of our own mindset right when we don't see anything when we don't you know when there when we're no. not around people who have done certain things we don't think it's possible how will it be possible for some kid from some village in the world who has never seen a plane to dream about being a pilot yeah it's basically when you don't see the light at the end of the tunnel how do you know that there is a light there is an end of the tunnel exactly so i think this is a good way to break that mindset and like you know show people that you know there's so much life out there uh but like put in the right effort you know you got to make both ends meet burn you know burn the candle at both ends and stuff like that but you know i i'm just like really happy that this is being done uh this is amazing yeah and in addition to being as i mentioned the coach of india women's team he has also won uh, gold and silver medals at nations so wow Okay, I gotta look this guy up then. Yeah, I had no clue. So, Wait, was Chuck Dania based on him? <laughs> I wish. <laughs> all right, all right. Uh, well, I mean, the location for my next news is not so far away from Mumbai. Uh, it's uh, actually in Pakistan. Uh, so, a sanctuary in Pakistan. Uh, is the home to world's loneliest elephant uh it's a 32 year old elephant kavan who's been uh who's been alone without a playmate in an islamabad zoo for almost 10 years 
but now you know the wildlife association has decided to move it to cambodia to a elephant sanctuary of course so that it can have more friends are you aware of the singer share no so share is a huge huge singer in oh. in america yeah oh okay yeah sorry so <laughs> yeah she on reading this news tweeted that this is the greatest moment of her life and just looking at it the behavior that kavan has adapted once he realized that he was being moved uh you know so is he already in africa now uh, he is on the way to cambodia right now okay yeah and so his behavior during the whole transit has been impeccable as in the caretakers of the zoo have reported that kavan has not been this happy in the last 10 years ever i think that also reflect back reflects back to like humans it's like change is important right people are important change is important uh, all of a lot of us like live in our own ego shells pretending that we don't <laughs> need other people in our lives that's true <laughs> but it's really important it's really important to bring in change in your life and have people that you know that you really want to be around it can be your friends it can be your girlfriend boyfriend it can be your parents it can be your siblings it can be your me yeah it can be you uh, <laughs> and it can be yeah, coming in a little strong dude but i'm digging it uh or it can be a you know significant other but uh and i think this is also important during covid because a lot of us have been inside and not been in contact with a lot of people so you know just take a step back go call a friend call someone that you miss or that you think is will be will be a good reconnection in your life because a change is required and it will make you happy don't call your ex though that'll be just too good manisha speaking from experience oh yeah oh yeah uh, <laughs> bad experiences no <laughs> just experience as a plural experiences all right you know you know yeah it's all right let's not talk about it <laughs> all right let's let's move on so uh michelle we mentioned michelle obama in our podcast earlier in this episode so in one of her one of her recent episodes she came out and said that she is suffering from low grade depression and okay before moving on Can you explain what exactly is low grade depression? I'm not sure if I can define and explain it in the right way. But how is it different than normal depression? I believe it compared to a normal depression it would it would cause less interruptions in your daily schedule. I believe if your depression is more severe you might be interrupted in your whatever you're concentrating on throughout the day a lot more. and for like longer durations than in case of a less severe depression that is my take do not trust this uh just read up on that but never the, trust satvik the point is uh so she described uh that she might be suffering from low grade depression she is waking up in the middle of the night feeling anxious and like due to multiple causes um pandemic the racial injustice the trump administration um being the three reasons she pointed out and it was just great to 
listen to her speak about that because for so many people out there, Michelle Obama is like the symbol of hope. The Obamas are like the symbol of hope. <laughs> and, and yes, they are symbol of like the glorious past also, but they are also like the symbol of the future and symbol of hope. So when you, I believe, see someone who you kind of admire and you think, oh, that person is like so strong, like mentally and can is capable of carrying an entire nation. Like so many people think Michelle Obama would be a great president, right? So when you are the person who people think so highly of and you have the guts to basically come out there and say that, hey, I'm the person also, I'm suffering from depression. My God, like that would have taken a lot of guts, man. I cannot believe she was like, she did it and I feel like so happy and so weird that she did that. My God, yeah. I have like three different things to say to this. Like one is, again, the general sentimenting of over, uh, you know, s- I don't know the correct word for it. Let me, uh, but like over orchestrating your role models and celebrities uh, and see their life as perfect. They all have a brain, they all have a heart and they all suffer through mental illness. Everyone. Um, there's this famous saying that if if a boy doesn't find any flaws in his father, then he's living in denial. Right? It's the same thing. Everyone has flaws. Everyone goes through mental illness at some point of life. Everybody suffers through anxiety. Everyone gets nervous. And depression is more prevalent than ever. Like, I have been in therapy for like almost two years now. And I am, I function normally, but it's a good place for me to just keep in check of my emotions. So like, I think everybody should do that. And then if you're going through something, everyone goes through it as well. You're not alone. Uh, Second thing is, it does take guts. But think about it. No one's, no one's like, oh no, this, you know, this woman's depressed. She cannot do anything. The the reaction is that, oh, she's so strong. She's come out and told us that. And that's what happens. Uh, if you come out and tell who you are and like what you're going through, you will get the help and, you know, you're not going to be looked Majority down. of the people. There were- well, yeah, majority of the people are like, it's a good signal to see who you should be in touch with. Right? Not Twitter. <laughs> okay. People on Twitter and Reddit are just ridiculous and they should not exist you know quote me on that uh, but yeah Wait, what was your twitter handle it's just <laughs> i just crack jokes sometimes you know and they're subjectively funny uh that too sometimes yeah subjectively <laughs> subjectively sometimes like it's <laughs> But, uh, and third was, uh, I think this is like a good point for me to like let it out in the audience, I guess, let it out to everyone that I have been working on a mental health and self-help application for the last three months. I'm really close, uh, but I was planning on releasing a free component in the next coming weeks. So I guess like now, since I've mentioned it, I will rush through it and release that in the next week. Wow. What a coincidence, Manish. Yeah. No, yeah, I thought this was a good time to tell everyone about that. But yeah, so be on the lookout. Uh, I will be reaching out to everyone on my social media to try it out. But yeah. And yeah, normalize mental health and mental illness, you know. Not, it's important. Not like... 
<laughs> so there are two ways in normalize awareness of yes. mental health better let's put it down <laughs> let's put it down <laughs> uh but yeah where are you taking us next you oh won't. wait oh it's my turn yeah <laughs> all right uh are you aware with the chernobyl disaster yep yep of course yeah so uh, a quick recap to anyone who doesn't know uh chernobyl disaster happened in 1986 where uh well a nuclear rbmk nuclear reactor exploded uh rbmk nuclear reactor's core exploded you know in the city uh, of pripyat in north ukraine ssr uh it's right now it's considered one of the most dangerous places in the world because as first thing it's called elephant's foot right because of that whole lava the core lava that condensed and it is one of the high thing about medusa this is the this is the closest we are to a real life medusa is that anyone who goes close to it and sees it will get infected by radiation and die right uh so it's it's really crazy that disaster was has is still hurts ukraine and the world of course but but yeah so okay side note go watch the hbo series chernobyl if you haven't you will get insights on what i'm talking about how important that disaster was how important people behind it were and how badly they fucked up uh and you'll get an idea of like how dangerous it is right now wait let me put in a disclaimer i worked for hbo but that was not a promotion i did not no ask. that was not a promotion that was that was just me suggesting you guys a show but so moving on uh a certain type of fungus has been discovered at chernobyl that's been soaking up radiation and scientists from stanford and university of north carolina uh you know have uh, think that it might be able to protect our astronauts from toxic space radiation so now uh, people who don't know a lot about space and space radiation when you go up into the space there's a lot of ionization ionizing radiation because uh there it's just ions up in the atmosphere right and ions can penetrate through you uh so there's a lot of radiation there uh and then a recent experiment were uh, in the international space station was conducted where in a petri dish you know scientists covered half of the petri dish with the fungus and half of it did not and checked the radiation levels and it was a thin layer of fungus and the radiation was like 2% less so it's kind of estimated that a 8 inch thick layer of that fungus could negate the annual dose equivalent of radiation on the surface of mars wow <laughs> very interesting uh very scientific very scientific yes that's why i wanted to break it down as much as i could but this is kind of a big through uh in the times that we are talking about space exploration every day and we're investing a lot and a lot of money into it that radiation has been one of the most foremost you know concerns about space travel you know eventually if we keep going there we will evolve we will develop skins that can soak up that radiation but until we can't you know something has had to be done and like space suits are filthy expensive 
And like, that's still necessary. But like, when you go down and settle at some place, how do you, you know, keep in check the radiation you're getting? And I think this is a very big breakthrough in that. I'm just thinking of like Interstellar 2. <laughs> Ad Astra 2 and like basically sequels of all the space movies. <laughs> and like 8 inch isn't enough. Like isn't that much. You know. A lot of people just carry it with themselves. But like 8 inch, eight inch is not that big of a deal when it comes to like fungus coverings over walls and roofs of your, you know, shelter in goddamn Mars. So, yeah. Uh, but I have had so much trouble just trying to learn and remember the name of that fungus. I'm going to try to pronounce it. I'm going to butcher it like 120%, but, uh, you know, what's there to lose anyways? Uh, the fungus is called Cladosporium sperosperma. That's right. You got it. You got it. <laughs> but yeah, uh, that was, I don't know. Uh, I thought this was like really, really interesting and a big feat in space exploration. It's kind of weird that no, Elon hasn't tweeted this yet, but soon. <laughs> He's planning. Yeah. <laughs> uh, okay. So next one. You remember the recent Twitter hack? Yeah, I do. <laughs> the big Bitcoin fiasco. Okay. Do you want to give a quick rundown of what it was to our audience? So, basically, there was a big Twitter hack that happened. Around 35 accounts, from what I recall, were compromised, uh, including Elon Musk, Bill Gates, US. Kanye, Joe Biden. Donald Trump. Yeah, like all the, like, the uh, most famous. Gates. Yeah, most famous people out there. And the hackers could have done a lot more, like in terms of malicious stuff. But all they did was like kind of just pull out a Bitcoin hack on them. So uh, recently, a Florida teen was arrested uh, and was charged basically being the mastermind behind the <laughs> entire hatch. And there was a hearing, um, I guess, a couple of weeks back that happened through Zoom. Of all the hearings that this could have happened in the hearing got zoom bombed and not, <laughs> not so i'm not just just talking any regular zoom off. so people posed to be cnn and bbc news reporters they came into the zoom meeting they caused a few disruptions um the meet the hearing got um postponed for some time they came back and then <laughs> okay the best part and so there is the screen share feature, right, in Zoom. And because of not having the right security setting set up for the meeting, someone was able to basically screen share pornography. <laughs> and the hearing had to be adjourned for the day. Oh, God. <laughs> was that because the senator got a hard on? <laughs> oh. Of all the hearings this could have happened in, it was this, like, it just feels like destined, like, you know, this was part of the hack setup, like, they knew, like... I think the team just asked his friends to do this, this was just, like, schools from the same, like, kids from the same school doing this, um, and but you would wonder that, like, uh, the US government would at least hire people 
to put in and the comment after the meeting uh, by the judge or basically someone from the staff or the court was basically from next time we should be careful to like set up passwords for the meeting they did not have like passwords or anything I mean, that's what i'm trying to say like you, was... you you would wonder that the us government has people to do that for them like oh my god complete <laughs> pornography on it this reminds me of that uh indian politician watching porn in the lok sabha meeting oh i remember that and was it lok sabha meeting or yeah it was lok sabha or rajya sabha but yeah, i remember yeah either, only two sabhas in india but yeah either of them uh, any one of them but yeah <laughs> oh god yeah i mean the world i mean you get it right the world's Even. funny funny funnily evil <laughs> i i people love to cause disruptions that's i think that's just in the nature of humans uh but yeah uh, was i your last news uh yeah so i guess that's that's pretty much it for this episode and we're going to be more regular guys so watch out for newer episodes soon and also we are recording this on august 15th so anyone listening there anyone listening to this this is obviously going to come out after 15th but you know belated happy independence day to all my fellow indians out there oh and pakistan also and Boring. pakistan also yes yeah in pakistan also and uh, you know much love to you guys and i hope everyone's doing fantastic during covid also feel free to reach out to any one of us if you ever need someone to talk to why did you include me <laughs> so you can just reach out to me yeah, yeah uh, satvik usually doesn't care about being nice or being helpful to other people but that's a separate podcast topic altogether but yeah uh go reach out help if you need uh these are uncertain times we are living in and you know uh we will see you guys in the next episode yeah. bye stay safe bye, bye.